Welcome to the third episode of the Hali Hewa podcast with your host Abigail Kima. This podcast brings together key African players in the climate space, experts and activists who are doing amazing work in their unique capacities to share their stories and their experiences as they advocate for climate justice in their unique capacities. Um, during COP, we'll be doing an episode every other day interviewing people from all walks of life as the negotiations progress about what issues matter the most to them and also allow them to share what they do back home and how we can support them. On this episode, we're joined by a beautiful guest. Um, her name is Helena Teklu, who is an architect, a graphic designer, environmental activist and works on women empowerment. She's currently the CEO, stroke co-founder of Seedballs Ethiopia, a seedball manufacturer that provides affordable, fast-growing, lightweight and easily to make seedballs that will help increase farmers' productivity and reforest and reforestate the deforested parts of Ethiopia through time Africa. She's also Earth Champion for Climate Change, Climate Reality Leader and Blogger for Sunsilk Ethiopia. Welcome. Thank you. We're Thank happy you to have me. you today. Um, so tell us more about your work. You're an architect and then I'm <laughs> thinking, how does environment come in? And yeah, we'd like to know more. Oh, well, um, first of all, I'd like to thank you for giving me this opportunity. It mm -hmm. means a lot, Africans by Africans. Yes. It's a lot, it's mm -hmm. big. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is a question that I usually get. How did an architect jump into environment? But mostly like the way architecture is perceived is just building a house yeah but when you go in detail of what architecture is architecture mm -hmm. is basically designing people's life yeah and that includes the environment so mm -hmm. there's a section or a sector called sustainable architecture where we learn about how to use bamboo mm -hmm. how to build a house by using nature-based solutions how like mud Adobe brick and the like, there are different materials that you can use. Mm -hmm. Solar panels, wind ventilation and everything. So it's when I got into the university, I learned at Addis Ababa University, it's mm -hmm. called AIBC. Mm -hmm. So when I learned there, it's when I developed the interest. Before that, I always were interested in the art sector. I wanted mm -hmm. to be an actress and for yeah. a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> but when I got into architecture, and architecture too since I was a kid, mm -hmm. but when I got into architecture and the more I saw it by learning it there, mm -hmm. I realized, wait, there's a huge problem here mm -hmm. that I'm learning the solution for, mm -hmm. but do other people know about it? Yeah. So that's how I stumbled into the environment. So I started developing more interest in it. Mm -hmm. And once I graduated, I just jumped into it. Yeah. So, and why is this work important for you? Like why, why would you want to have like a mix of architecture and include sustainability in it? Yeah, so uh, architecture, like the beauty of architecture is there's, as I said, a field called sustainable architecture. Mm -hmm. So that's what I fully, fully focused on. Yeah. So once I got out of the university, I, mm -hmm. I took a year off mm -hmm. because architecture is very exhausting. Yeah. You know, like no sleep six years, it's just too much. So I took a year off and during that year, I never wanted to be hired by somebody. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to do my own thing. So during that one year, I started looking for like, what is important to me? What should I do? And then I'm a YELI member, Young African Leaders. So mm -hmm. I took the Understanding Climate Change course. Yeah. And once I took that is when I started understanding what climate change was. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of it all, I got a call from the US Embassy in Addis Ababa saying, 
come the online certificates take it in person right so I had nothing to do again no job no nothing so I went there at the embassy and when I went there is that everything opened up for me because when I went there I saw different projects like as an architect I would understand when a person says vertical plantation mm -hmm. when a person says solar panel when a person says biogas and everything because we learn those things mm -hmm. so it's right and then I was like okay I know these things how about and I'm lucky enough to be at this embassy to witness this with other 15 people yeah. how about the rest of Africa how about the rest of Ethiopia yeah. who's gonna see this project is it gonna be hidden at the embassy mm -hmm. and everything so that's when it hit me yeah. I'm like maybe I need to stop focusing on the project that I should be looking for and maybe let me be the bridge mm -hmm. so that I could actually expose the use and their projects because I had an access and I had a voice mm -hmm. so I decided to use that voice for the youth and mm -hmm. to show their climate change adaptation and mitigation projects so mm -hmm. once I started doing that I even learned a lot like uh, with climate change and everything and mm -hmm. the more I started working with the youth the more I saw even bigger problems than what architecture had showed me yeah. that is food insecurity um, the effects of climate change like the wind changing the tsunamis the whole i mean the waves and everything that's happening so that's when i was like okay this is mm -hmm. it for me so mm -hmm. i started working on that back then that was on 2016 mm -hmm. and then while i was working on that in 2016 i talked with the embassy so we came up with this project called climate change africa mm -hmm. because i didn't want to limit it to ethiopia because it's not only my problem it's all of Africa's, all of the world's problem. So I named the company Climate Change Africa, and then we had an expo in 2016 and 17 in Ethiopia, where we brought government institutes, different NGOs, embassies, and the youth together. Mm -hmm. And we highlighted the youth, what they were doing. That's when everything started. And then so, and I wanted to make sure like every youth or youth that are working with me that have paper projects, into, to be changed into reality so that's what I worked on and in 2017 I did that 2018 too I did an expo in Ethiopia and but in the middle of it all by April 2018 I got introduced to the concept of seed walls by a friend of mine an ex-friend of mine that lived in Germany he was like you know there's this technique called seed walls they use it Germany with recyclable papers all over Europe and US they use it it's even kids play with it and everything so the more I started researching on that the more I was like this is for me Mm -hmm. Like, I'm always handling other people's projects, but then I was like, yep, this is for me, because I saw the impact that Seed Walls had. And well, once I started working on Seed Walls, and also in 2019, I took the expo to Kenya as well. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, we, the youth of Ethiopia are doing some things. How about Kenya? What are the youth doing? Because we have to come together at some point and work, so that's why we went to Kenya as well and we did an expo. That's how I met Elizabeth as well, by the uh -huh. way. So she was one of the projects that came out and presented her projects and we learned a lot from them. Hopefully they learned some things from us. And so by the next year, we're supposed to go to South Africa, but COVID hit. Yeah. So this year we'll do something about it. Yeah, but that's, that's amazing. I love the fact that you're putting young, like other young people on a platform yeah. and you're able to take them through uh, actualizing their projects that are on paper and I think that's so important. Yeah. If as young people you can come together and uplift each other, that's amazing. Um, so 
how has it been working with young people? <laughs> a bit headache, to mm -hmm. be honest. It gives you sometimes, but the good thing about young people is we're very open. We're yeah. open-minded, mm -hmm. or so to say. So what I do, for example, other than Climate Change Africa, is there's a project called STEM Power Ethiopia, or mm -hmm. STEM Power it's all over Africa. Mm -hmm. So for the Ethiopian, for example, I'm a mentor and coach for that. So I teach the youth also. I have their projects, their climate change projects, yes. Mm -hmm but I teach them on how to change it into a business as well. Because yes, you can do so many solutions. You can be an activist for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. but you need money to survive as yeah. well. So I also teach that. Like mm -hmm. you, ha you bring your climate change project, mm -hmm. I change it into a business for you. At yeah. least I show you the way mm -hmm. on how to do it. And then you take care of it the rest. Yeah, that's not a good <laughs> thing you're doing. <laughs> um, so we are here at COP27. And, um, and there's a lot of conversations around it being an African COP and people had very many definitions about what that actually means for them. <laughs> and day one and day two we had the World Leaders Summit that ended yesterday and we had about 120 heads of state present but I haven't quite had any announcement especially on new uh, nationally determined contributions which is basically commitments to reduce their emissions. So I haven't had any major announcement around it and any other thing that is significant to show new ambitious commitments. Mm -hmm. So what what is that like for you? I'm a bit disappointed, to be honest. Like, it, this is my first COP, mm -hmm. right? So I expected some things. Mm -hmm. Because, for example, in Ethiopia, we are very strict when it comes to the climate mm -hmm. movement that we're doing. We have a green legacy movement where we plant every year almost two, three, four billion trees. Mm -hmm. And so far we have planted six billion. We've even hit the world record, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we're always focused on solar energies and everything and everything. So mm -hmm. me being there, just before I came here, I was like, yep, every country is going to do this. Even Ethiopia is going to talk. Mm -hmm. Like something, something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. Something mm -hmm. is coming because I said it's an African cup. Also, they say it's the implementation the cup. cup. Yes. So when I came here, I'm like, oh, finally, we're going to hear something. Because even I was asking some people prior, like, what did you do after COP26 in Glasgow? Mm -hmm. Many people were like, oh, nothing. We just went there, come back. Yeah. So this year, I'm expecting something. And when I came here and we were all on, you know, watching, yeah. like, what are they going to say? And mm -hmm. it was nothing. So for me, I'm a little bit disappointed. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't, ha I don't have to wait for them. Yeah. I don't have to wait or we don't have to wait for them to say something. Yeah. Why don't we show them? that we can do the action yeah. and then they can talk about it for us. Yeah. So I'm a bit disappointed, but mm. I, it's I I stopped expecting <laughs> things to this COP. I stopped expecting. Yeah, and being that it's your first COP, how yeah. has your experience been so far? <laughs> it's very, very nice for me because I'm lucky enough to have people like you, mm -hmm. the whole foundation of Hungari Majaya, mm -hmm. and, and uh, Jodahi, also another Ethiopian that was here before. before yeah. So he knows the experience, and through the foundation, too, everything has become easier. Mm -hmm. And even before I came here, I knew the topics that I was going to focus on, like mm -hmm. our culture, use employment, mm -hmm. and 
nature-based solutions. Mm -hmm. So every time I go around, those are the three things I'm gunning for. for. Yeah. yeah, and but with agriculture, it's a bit confusing because water is included in it and so many things. Mm -hmm. So those sometimes it confuses me like, where do I go? Where or go? <laughs> this is happening here and this is happening here, this is happening there. I'm like, I want to be like on the three of them. Like, how do I clone myself yeah. in like a minute and just go there? But mm -hmm. it's very exciting. It's very exciting. And I'm very happy to see African youth mm -hmm. come together and be friends, be friendly. And yeah. from the conversation I had with different Africans, we have the same mind thought like they're asking me like what are you doing in ethiopia mm -hmm. and i'm asking them what are you doing for example in kenya and they're mm -hmm. like oh we did this or we're doing this and we talk like so how do i bring it to your country how do yeah. i bring it to my country yeah. so that's a huge plus for me and i'm extremely happy and mm -hmm. a bit confused but it's with everyone yeah, yeah. No, I, don't, I don't think anyone can completely figure out oh. the process <laughs> and I think it's really good that you you like have a specific thing that you're focusing on, and I think it helps to just yeah. keep you grounded because it can be a lot. It can be a and lot. And also, you've talked about having a community, which is so important. Yeah. And same as you, I've had conversations with people, and I'm like, young people are doing so much. Right. It's like <laughs> for you to be here, you must have something back home. Like you just yeah. can't be here and and not do anything because yeah. at the end of the day, like you said, a lot of times we we don't get the outcomes that we actually want. And so you'd rather just go home and do your little thing that yeah. you can, because I feel like that is where change happens. Exactly. And so what as, um, you've talked about agriculture. And I think in one of the conversations you expressed how disappointed you were, being that a lot of us Africans depend on rain-fed agriculture. Like we practice agriculture as a main source of livelihood. Exactly. But but being that this is an African cop, you'd expect agriculture to be such a, a, hit. a hit, like a, yeah. like an issue that should be should be elevated. But you said you haven't seen much of that. So yeah, I mean, even like for Ethiopia, our GDP forty two point six, if I'm not mistaken, and Kenya too, mm -hmm. forty point something yeah. is agriculture. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is like eighty percent of your economy is agriculture, yeah. and you can go all over waste is house. All over Africa, agriculture mm -hmm. has some some play to play, yeah. yes. <laughs> to put it that way. Mm -hmm. So when I came here, I'm like, especially, you know, when I came, I had my specific things. Mm -hmm. So one of the main things that I wanted was because for Africans, it's hard for us to find research mm -hmm. done by Africans about agriculture. So when I came here, I was like, yeah, I'm going to find some, at least something that's being done by an African research-wise or even somebody that will talk about agriculture. So when I went around, there are a few like booths or site events that mm -hmm. are talking about agriculture and the rest is like different topics, which is also important at the same point. But where's agriculture? And that's mm -hmm. why I was asking you like, I, where is it? You know, where mm -hmm. is it? And then a funny thing happened yesterday. Like I ran into Cornell University and then I, again, as I said, I was looking for research. I couldn't find no African university here. Like on the COP, there are like two. So I first ran into Cornell and I talked to them, like, do you guys have research and everything that's been done? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have research done by agriculture in Africa. Don't worry about it. Like they said, email this person. He'll give you all the research so fast. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, thanks. I'll do that. So I had a hope, right? So when I, and then I ran into an African university. On the COP, I'm like, so 
where's the research? Like, so mm -hmm. this Cornell told me there's some research that they did, mm -hmm. and it's from the Western side. Yeah. I'm like, where is the African research? Like, how do I contact you? How? Do, where's the QR code? Really? Like, is something. there any website? <laughs> yeah, like something really, really. Where is it? And he was like, oh, we only have like 10% of research done in agriculture. I'm like, why? And he's like, oh, because you know the Westerns have done it. Why would you do it again? I'm like. And I had this conversation like three hours ago when I was waiting for you. I'm like, and they, what do you mean by this? Like, we're Africans, we should be doing our own mm -hmm. research. Mm -hmm. Like, we can't do this. And so that's one new thing I've learned today. Mm -hmm. We don't have research. We do have research, but the research are not being done by us. And on the COP2, they're not talking about agriculture. And it's really annoying, mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah, and I think... Um data that is done by Africans in every other sector. Like I've always been meetings, you could be talking about energy and they'll say there's no African based, well, it's African based, but not done by not Africans. Done, yeah. So I don't know, are we, are we at fault? Like, is, is it up? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know like I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. 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 I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Because if you go to your country, if I come to my country, mm -hmm. you find so many researchers that are looking for a job. Yeah. And at the same time, there is no research. research yeah. So there's something missing there. And I'm, today I'm trying to figure out like, what can we do? How yeah. can we come together and yeah, at try. least make our voices be heard? Mm -hmm. Because, I, I mean, we should be the ones knowing our own stuff. Exactly. We should be the ones doing our own research and exactly. now communicating that to the rest of the world. But it's exactly. the complete opposite. Yeah. It's like I'm asking my mom mm. about your behavior. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's <know>? crazy. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. And you've talked about seed bowls and how you're using it to help farmers. So do you mind elaborating that? Okay, so seed bowls are a marble-sized bowl of clay, mm -hmm. which are made up of different materials. In our case, we use soil mm -hmm. and compost. If you go to Germany, they use recyclable paper. If you go to the US, they use recyclable paper slash ice too, you can do it through that. If you go to Kenya, they use it by charcoal. So for me, I did it by soil and different composts and different mm -hmm. type of soils. And so it's, a, as I said, it's a marble-sized bowl of clay. So. Mm -hmm. It has two advantages, seed bowls, the seed is inside it, right? Mm -hmm. Any type of seed, flower, crops, vegetables, trees, anything works, mm -hmm. as long as the seed is not expired. Yeah. So the advantage is two. One is in the agribusiness. Like, for example, with seedlings, in order to incubate it, you have to do a greenhouse, dig 60 centimeters, even to plant it, and mm -hmm. then you wrap it with plastic. Yeah. So once it's planted, take out the plastic, throw and it throw away. It and you're helping here, but you're doing a hundred year damage mm -hmm. over there as well. So, which is not right. So this product of mine literally replaces seedlings. Mm -hmm. And there's no greenhouse process for it. The, when I give you the seed bowl, it's already planted. All the ingredients that it needs is already there. So all you have to do is just put it on top of the soil and let it be. So within one meter square, for example, you can plant 20 different type of vegetables. So food insecurity, you can fight with a small land, but different, but a huge product that you can get out of. Mm -hmm. And as I said, it saves time, energy, and money as well. No greenhouse, no nothing. Just put it on top of the soil, let it be. Mm -hmm. It's rainy season, you don't even need to water it. 
like it will crack itself and the product is called seed ball mm -hmm. but the technique is called seed bombing so the soil will go to the floor uh, with to the rest of the soil mm -hmm. and then what happens is the seed the moment it gets air and water and just starts growing so fast yeah so from my experience i lived in the rural areas for this product for four years no water no nothing right mm -hmm. so for spinach for example with seedlings it took four months and something with seed walls it took two months to fully wow. grow, cut mm -hmm. it, and then grows back again. Mm -hmm. So food insecurity would be there. And even for farmers, it can increase their income. Instead of selling it one time within four months, they can sell it two times within the end. Mm -hmm. They can feed their family in a small amount of land. So, and even in a large agri-sector, mm -hmm. you can just put it da -da 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 and have sprinkler on it, yeah. then you're That's done. Good. Yeah. And the other advantage of it is it reforests different areas that are deforested, mm -hmm. that are inaccessible. As I said, it's very lightweight, so you can use planes and drones to those areas, just drop it there mm -hmm. with biodegradable materials, just so you mm -hmm. put it, insert it on the soil. Yeah. So the biodegradable material will just degrade itself and define the seed wall. So if it's a tree seed wall, for example, you just need to, like if it's rainy season, again, leave it. If it's not, for example, in our country, I'm talking with Ethiopian Airlines and the rest so that they could water it or just with a drone, you can mm -hmm. water it like two, three times a yeah. week for a maximum of three weeks. That's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So and then it will regrow. I mean, it will start growing and it's nature taking care of nature. So the moment it starts growing within two months, based on my experience, the tree have reached here. The trees that wow. we planted, so it's very fast growing. Mm -hmm. So different deforested areas, we can reforest them, which means in other words, we can reforest Africa and increase our forestry biodiversity. Yeah, and I think, um, for example, Kenya, we have a target for 10% tree cover. I'm not sure if we ever achieved it. <laughs> Actually, you guys started using seed balls yes, with I, charcoal, so yes. it will be achieved. And I'm coming too, you know. Yes, bring, bring it all. And so how, how can we find you and how can we support your work and if anyone wants to start up something similar in their own country, can they find support or consult you? They can consult me because, as I said, in different countries we use different materials. Mm -hmm. We use what's available mm -hmm. to us. So seed walls, it's all my advice for them is just search mm -hmm. on what seed walls does and what you have available right there. Kenya, charcoal, mm -hmm. and he has a reason for that because charcoal cut tree and then you burn it and then air, it pollutes the air. So he's trying to eradicate charcoal from Kenya. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to not eradicate anything really, <laughs> but reforest yeah. that. So yes, well, that's one thing the youth can do and the support that I want is there's always financial support, right? I'm not gonna go in detail on that, but yes, financial support is needed yeah. because I'm creating job opportunities, especially for women. So mm -hmm. far, I've hired five women mm -hmm. and one man, and they're producing seed walls. We produce around a thousand seed walls per day. Mm -hmm. So it's a fast production that we're doing, but I want to expand it and create more job opportunities for that. So mm -hmm. finance is there, but at the same time, the one focus that I'm doing right now is mm -hmm. in Addis, for example, in Addis, I'm focusing on city farming. But I want to come to Nairobi. I want to go to Abuja. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to go to Cote d'Ivoire. I want to go to Pretoria and work on, and come to Egypt in Cairo and work on like 
vertical plantation mm -hmm. and also provide the seed walls yeah. to Africa because we need it. We're going through hunger. Seed wall is the solution. We're going through deforestation. We're going through drought. Seed wall is the solution. So I don't want seed wall to be limited to Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. I want it to expand. And that's the need I need. That's the hope I need. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for thank sharing. There's so much to learn from you. And, and um, you speak so passionately about what you do. Yeah. And I hope somehow we'll find support and still find ways to collaborate in the coming uh, months even after COP is over because yeah. that is where we're all gonna go home and work. work. <laughs> this is just yeah. a platform to meet and hopefully see if there's going to be any meaningful income. But yeah, let's let's get to work. Let's go to work. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm very happy and thank you, thank you so much for having me. This means a lot. Oh, thank you. Thank I'm you. Honored to have you. Uh, and it's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> Asante sana.